Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You know, you have to allow people to change. Yeah. This is Penn Sunday School and to our Here we go. Brothers and sisters, siblings, et al. We're here at the Show Creator Studio, North Pole. I'm Matt King, and uh, we're going to talk to Pendulet. Actually, mostly he's going to talk. <laughs> I'm going to mostly listen. You too. Welcome. Here he is, preaching the love, Pendulet. Preaching love. You know, I. Last show, I talked about uh, Matt Donnelly being a lying sack of shit and didn't even mention that my game called You Lying Sack is hugely successful now. Oh, that's like the Exploding Kitties yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's at, uh, it's at Target at eye level. I didn't know there was a whole- Oh, I think there is. Yeah. 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 Uh, Target at high You're like the Coke. Yeah. And there, uh, it's at Amazon. It's everywhere. Lie, you lying sack. Target and Amazon actually is everywhere now. That's, yeah. that's, that means everywhere. Those two things together. I believe we're Walmart too. I don't know. But it's doing very well. Won this big toy award. Toy Insider Top Summer Toy Award. Oh. Is what All right. Well, I should play. You should. It's, it's I like. Bad. I really like playing games. And uh, I have a few friends who do. But we never seem to get together. Have you played Secret Hitler? Uh, I've heard about it. I haven't played it. Pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, a favorite, actually. But I, I haven't played Exploding Kittens. I played, I think it's, um, there's some unicorn game that he likes, my daughter. Uh, and uh, I think they're similar. And so I think I would like Exploding Kittens as well. Exploding Kittens is wonderful. Yeah. And uh, You Lying Sack is good. I mean, we. All right. Uh, uh, I had some input, and I, I think some good input, but boy, the Exploring Kittens people are good. Yeah. Elon, yeah, really great. He's such a pleasure to work with and so nice to to, to, to just, it's when, when someone know, really knows something that, you know, you don't yeah. know, right. it's just amazing to watch them work. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be in the presence of that. No, you can't do that. Oh, why? Of course, yeah. There's a lot of that. A lot of that, you know, stuff that people have figured out about games that when you play them, you don't know it. Yeah. You just go, oh, that worked nicely. You didn't know that someone planned it to work nicely. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. a lot of stuff. There's so much design stuff that ends up being, I guess the right word is not ergonomic, but close to that, you know, psychologically ergonomic. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. I bet there's a word for that psychologically ergonomic, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> I've said, I've said before, and I said this right after he died in 1978, maybe at a magic convention, maybe in Philadelphia, maybe society of American magicians, Teller and I, who had been working together for two years, was that asparagus at that point yeah. still or yeah, yeah. We weren't we weren't we weren't Penn and Teller until eighty three. Ah, all right. What do you think I am? Lovick? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not part of the story. Yeah, gotcha. It was so, still just So you and Teller. Just still just me and Teller. We went into a room where Max Maven was gonna perform. We had never heard of him. And we walked in and probably uh one of these uh hard to work conference rooms. It wasn't a big show, but it wasn't a little show either. Probably 250, maybe, yeah. people in a in a long, hard-to-work room with, I think, as I remember, which is probably incorrect, folding chairs, and not really a stage to speak of, not really very good lights. Yeah. And Max Maven came out, 
and I guess Max probably did an hour and a half, maybe an hour. He was not part of a bill. It was just him. And it was not a magic lecture. It was a magic show. And it felt like it was for lay people, but I can't reconstruct the story so that it would have been, must have been for magicians. And I've never seen anything like it. And I turned to Teller at the end of it and said, I've seen the future of magic and its name is Max Maven. Because uh-huh. uh, we had seen Springsteen several times. And I turned to Teller and said, we, ha- we haven't got a chance. He's so good. He's so head and shoulders above anyone else I've seen. Man, he was good. And you were very close friends with him. Uh, yeah, I was maybe really close friends with him, but I have a similar experience to you. All, probably about the same time, Lance Burton and I saw him for the first time at Abbott's Magic Get-Together in Colon, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting, you know, similar terrible conditions, but a high school gym, and you're sitting in the bleachers on the side, and he's standing in front of you. So there's this sloped, you know, group of probably a hundred people. Show business people call that a rake. Uh, right. Uh, steeply raked audience. <laughs> Max is introduced. He's, he's not doing a full hour and a half or hour, whatever. It's only 20 minutes maybe. But still, because we were, I was 16 maybe. And so when you're 16, at least for me, you think you're hot shit. Right? <laughs> really hot shit. Right? So Lance and I thought we were, you know, there's a convention of magicians. There's 800 of them. You had seen the future of magic, and its name was Mac King. <laughs> well, that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I wasn't that egotistical to think that. I think I had seen the future of magic, and, I, uh, that, and his name was Lance Burton mm-hmm. for me at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Couldn't have been more wrong about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so we thought we were hot shit. And so Max comes out beautifully tailored. I don't know whether he was wearing the same thing. Beautifully tailored, solid black suit. Yes, yeah. Vest. Yep. No shirt. <laughs> Chest hair proudly billowing out of his vest. But if, on second look, there's shirt sleeves rolled up. His jacket sleeves are pulled up, and there's white shirt sleeves mm-hmm. rolled up. But you, there's no collar of the shirt. Asking him later, as after we became friends, oh, yeah, I used to cut the collars out of my shirt so the top part of the shirt didn't show, just the sleeves rolled up at the some, some weird fashion thing that he decided was cool, like his shaved head and uh, facial grooming. So, but we're like, oh my God, this is the coolest looking guy I've ever seen. And then Because every- you always had a thing for chest hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> so he does a trick. And we think, I look at Lance and he looks at me and shrug our shoulders. I don't know how the fuck he just did that. <laughs> does another trick. <laughs> fuck, I don't know either. Every trick, every single trick. <laughs> That was being a teller, too. Yeah, right? And so you're just going, I don't, I mean, he's mesmerizing. These tricks are amazing. And, I mean, it was, it was stupendous. It was just a, and to then late, you know, a few years after that, maybe four or five, we, I met him that day or the next day, whatever, at the convention. I said, introduced myself and said hello, but he was very dismissive. <laughs> and so, well, I don't. Even as you became friends, he was very dismissive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it, On his deathbed, he was very dismissive. Yeah, well, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to get this quote wrong, but uh, one of the treasures I have now, he wrote over the course, starting in the mid-70s, uh, he wrote to Stephen Mensch, a magician in Seattle. He wrote letters. Sometimes handwritten, type, typed. That's another. His typewriter's another story. But they're like the history of magic from 1975 until I. I don't know how far they go yet. I haven't finished them. But there's thousands of them, and there's some of them are a, are a page, and some of them are eight pages, mm-hmm. and they're stupendous because Max went everywhere, and Stephen didn't go anywhere, mm-hmm. and so he's telling. Stephen, you know, what he's been doing, meetings that he's had with TV, you know, early on, 
trying to get stage time and then meetings with TV people and whatever, you know, trials and tribulations and heartbreaks. Uh, and it's stupendous, really. I mean, I cry. Are, are you, are you uh, making, you have any thoughts of um, curating? And yeah, publishing? maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, th you know, I mean, I have thought, I mean, that's what you, when you're reading it, you go, this should, I shouldn't be the only one reading this. This now, is too um, cool. What was David's relationship? Copperfield? Yeah. Uh, I think you know, up and down uh, over the years. Uh, but I think toward the end, uh, they were they chatted a lot. And So some of this will go to Copperfield. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, they're mine at the moment. Mm -hmm. Stephen had cleared out a bunch of stuff, and Max, and he asked Max, what do you want me to do with this correspondence? I'm sending my other correspondence to Bill Kalush in New York to have scanned and put in a data. Max said, please don't do that with mine, at least not yet. I'm mean to some people that are still alive, <laughs> I'm sure, in those writings. But, and, but Max was always mean to people who were still alive. Yeah. Sometimes in his presence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he didn't suffer fools, and he said what he thought was the right thing, and regardless of some sometimes regardless of people's feelings yeah mm -hmm. but i mean that was one of the you know i don't know he was always honest with me and that mm -hmm. was helpful you know mm -hmm. i mean I, almost no one you know, has been more helpful to me mm -hmm. as far as what goes in my show and also but music and books and all sorts of stuff i mean he really important part of my life one of the, one of the expert uh, excerpts uh, I had sent to a couple of people. I don't think I sent this to you. Uh, oh, you don't like me? No, I, yeah. Lion sack of shit. Three. <laughs> <laughs> so he and I had gone to Australia together to a magic convention. And so he's talk, telling Stephen about this panel discussion that me and him and Alan Shaxon, I don't even know that name, he's an English magician, uh, were on. And he's, you know, as Max's want to, he put it like this. I was able to easily dominate this conversation <laughs> because I have far more experience being extemporaneously pompous. <laughs> that's like, man, that's self-aware and amazing to me. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, what what people outside of magic? Yeah, because probably, he never became as famous as you thought he would be, right? Right, right. Yeah, and we I won't go into it in here, but the reason is Johnny Thompson. Johnny Thompson derailed his career a hundred percent. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. I uh, well, I, I didn't I didn't know that when I found that out. I was talking to Johnny, and Johnny told me I gave him this piece of advice, and I said, "And you ended his career." Oh, yeah, we talked about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said... I thought you meant maliciously. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny no, helped I, I, him in a way that destroyed him. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. Yeah. And the timeline bears me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As Max Maven, he was known by magicians in one way, and then as Phil Goldstein, which was his birth name, Yeah. he published tremendous number of books. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, over the course of his life, I mean, literally thousands of tricks mm -hmm. and dozens of books. And some, you know, a couple for the public, but mostly for magicians. You wrote a couple for the public? Yeah, Max Maven's Book of Fortune Telling, I think, was uh -huh. like a, a, you know, a real thing. And, you know, reading about him being at the book fair or whatever that it was introduced, you know, some big publishing thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm reliving Max's life right now. It's quite amazing so that was that was a public book i can't remember if there was any might, that might have been the only one and he, you told me that um he was really the inventor of modern packet tricks yeah well the, which yeah. teller would send him to hell for right right yeah yeah and you oh, should explain what a packet trick yeah is. packet trick is like uh with uh, less cards than a full deck so you know the classic there's like uh there's two i mean the the biggest selling one is probably called Color Monty. 
you've probably seen it with a red diamond and two blue diamonds, and then you change places, and then at the end, you're betting a dollar every time. And at the end, there's only a red diamond and one blue diamond, and then the third card says, you owe me $14. <laughs> and that wasn't a Max Maven invention. But the but probably the one that's sold the most is, is called Boave, which is four-card packet thing of a brainwave deck, right? So somebody names uh, one of the four kings, and... It's reversed, and then it has a different colored back, and then the other three kings are not there at all. They're blank-faced. And so that he sold, I mean, thousands and thousands of those. And so that's like probably the most famous. But You know, I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm thinking, hmm. No one cares about this except we, for Mac. We, not even me. Uh, we have 21 closers to do. For fool us. Oh. Coming up in a few months. Maybe I'll talk to Mac about those packet tricks. Because for the closer on fool us, might be really good. I got one maybe right here in my pocket. That would go right on yeah, it's TV? Not a, it's not a Max Maven no. one, but it's a it's a four-card little trick that uh, I think you're going to love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So as soon as we finish up this bullshit, a few of them, which I'll show you a couple of tricks. Because <laughs> a few of them... The tricks that we had in our list of 21 have fallen away. And the reason that uh, that Hondro's coming to town and invited you up to supper with us is because he's working our our last week to get the final tricks together. Gotcha. Because we are doing uh, a bit of Hondro material on our show. Uh, <laughs> and as it turns out, all we're doing now is Hondro material. <laughs> so tell us more about uh, Mac, uh, Mac, Max Maven. I look at you and it's hard to say Max Maven. No, yeah, well, uh, he and I, I mean, in my act, you're, you're familiar, mm -hmm. uh, the idea of doing, uh, the, uh, thumb tie mm -hmm. with the card to pocket card yep. in something, mm -hmm. uh, Max, I, I walking through the grocery store because mm -hmm. I, when we lived in LA, Max does, Max never, Max never drove, didn't have a car. Not a driver's And move to the right city for that. Yeah, L.A. is the one where if you're going to walk. <laughs> sure. That's where you want. It's a walking city. So he, uh, so I would take him to the grocery if I was in town. And I have a vivid memory of him in the produce section taking two little twist ties that you um, mm -hmm. twist up your little baggie of groceries and showing me how to do this thumb tie. Oh, it was his, it's his idea? Or? Uh, that that idea is Jay Marshall's, actually. Oh, really? The, that version of the thumb tie is Jay Marshall's idea. The Jasper Knees thumb tie. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper Knees? Yeah, so I, because up until that oh, point, Japanese. Many, many of the thumb tie methods were from Japan. <laughs> so Jasper Knees was Jay's way of... I don't know. Play. Any event? Did he ever uh, perform it regularly? Max? No, Jasper. Jay. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe as a child. I, didn't, I never saw him do it as an adult. Mm. I mean, not a you child. You got it from a book by him? It's the little pamphlet that I still own. One dollar. Jay I, did it with pipe cleaners. Yeah. But how? Uh, but changing it from pipe cleaners to, uh, to twist ties is huge. That's a huge change. Yeah. Turns it from something that doesn't exist right. to something that's commonplace. Yeah. That everybody, which makes it, was what makes the trick when you do it like that. Well, so I you made make, it, it wasn't my genius. I mean, I just remembered that, hey, that's how it was initially shown to me, my Max. Ah. Right. So he did it with twist ties. You know, they didn't have pipe cleaners in the grocery. <laughs> right. So he was just, you know, sort of showing me the principle. Now you and, paid a dollar. For the pamphlet, so, um, I might yes. So, how much profit have you made on that dollar investment? Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> pretty like, good. It's and it's your whole every penny you made supporting you and your family and buying a house and everything from that dollar pamphlet. Is that yeah, right? yeah? And I, you know, and I used to send Jay a dollar every year. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's another guy. I mean, so we're rearranging our house a little bit. That's kind of my wife's hobby. Mm -hmm. And so now I have this picture of Jay signed by him. I, it's pretty iconic from the back with a spotlight. I don't oh, yeah. know, and you can just see that yeah, yeah. outline of uh, 
he used to do a hand puppet ventriloquism bit with a little rabbit made out of two gloves. Yeah. And so a really nice print of that that Jay signed for me years ago. And so it's always been in my office. I have his uh, sheet music. Oh, you do? For if I had my way, dear, that he would give to the band. Yes. Oh, that's pretty cool. The lead sheet. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I have Gilbert Gottfried's set list. I, uh, so I have, uh, I, this is not as cool as Gilbert Gottfried's set list, but I have Billy McCombs' little act suitcase uh-huh. with his set list inside oh, yeah. of it. And uh, so, so she's like, I've, these things have always been in my office. And she's like, I think we should bring these out. There should be like a little shrine to Billy and to Jay. And so I have, we have these two little sections. And so that Jasper Knees thumb ties there and some, and a picture of Billy that he sent Billy's picture that he signed to me is like to Mac King, my favorite magician with the exception of, and then there's literally 40 other names <laughs> and then PTO. And then on the back of the photo, <laughs> it's completely filled. And he wrote a ball. Yeah. With a, all handwritten. <laughs> and he's, and so there's like literally a hundred and, 20 names on this thing. That's really great. Yeah, really great. Really sweet. You know, you know, if I had one piece of memorabilia that I could get of Billy McCombs, it would be the Beatles pictures that's signed to Billy McCombs by all four Beatles. Oh. He was on the same show with them. Really? Yeah. And he did that? That exists somewhere? Yeah. Oh, do you know who? Uh, I don't, you don't know who that is. I don't know. He, I think he might have said he gave it to... Um, a young relative who would have liked the Beatles. Oh, the I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. It might be long gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that'd uh, be a pretty great thing. That would be cool. And what I think uh, about Beatle autographs, I just found this out and thought it was great. Uh, the Beatles, signed, when they would sign autographs early on, um, they would take turns, but they didn't take turns like Teller and I do, passing the picture back and forth. They would each write all four autographs. Oh, that's great. So the, so real collectors have all four Beatles signed by John, all four <laughs> Beatles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They all did impersonations of forgeries, <laughs> not impersonations, yeah. forgeries of each other's signatures. And the real collectors want to get that. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty nice. How many tellers have you signed? Uh, several. Yeah, me several. too. <laughs> you have. <laughs> and you know, I always bring this up. I've told this story a lot of times. And I'm still waiting for someone to hear me and sell this back to me. I was seeing Les Paul, you know, the great guitar yeah. player at Iridium, Iridium, a club in New York with Lou Reed. I was with Lou Reed and we're sitting at the table. And if someone came over and asked for an autograph with Lou, Lou would say, fuck off. That, that was the standard answer. Fuck off, we're eating. Fuck off, we're talking. You know, Lou was not uh, very open to fans. But we're sitting there, and Lou was in an incredibly good mood. And a guy comes up and says, uh, oh, Lou, Penn, can I, can I have an autograph? And Lou says, I'm waiting for Lou to say, fuck off, so I can say sorry, kind of mouth sorry, as the guy walks <laughs> <Right>. away, <laughs> which is what I would do. And, uh, guy, and Lou goes, Sure. So the guy hands like a like a tabletop thing from Iridium and a pen. And he hands it to Lou, and Lou writes, and then hands it to me. And I'm about to sign Pendulette, and I see that it says, magically yours, Pendulette. <laughs> so I take it, and I go, walk on the wild side, <laughs> Lou Reed. And we hand it back to him, and he looks at it, and he uh, smiles, says thanks, and walks away. And uh, Lou turns to me and goes, uh, what'd you sign? I said, I wrote, take a walk on the wild side. He goes, fuck you. Fuck, take a walk on the wild side. I said, magically yours? He said, yeah, well, that was a joke. I said, fuck you. <laughs> so we sat there laughing. How much do I want? Yeah, no, that'd be sweet to get. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm hoping someone says, yeah, yeah, you signed it to me, $500. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. 
Sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. So you're going through. So I'm reading these letters, yeah, and going through. But I also. Uh, but where are they? Are you in his apartment? No, these are at my house. So, okay, but, but, I, but I've going been going home. back and forth to his apartment, yeah, because he, he had a lot of stuff. But his apartment. Why is it still there? Well, it's unclear what's going to happen with it. Huh? Uh, but my is wife it a is, condo? That means yeah, it's a condo. He wasn't renting. Okay, well, yeah, that, it's a, yeah. Then that explains it. I, yeah, I'd so forgotten it's, that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be sold or done anything with. It's paid off, and then you know, yeah. so it doesn't have to be done anything with it in a timely fashion. So, and I was never. It's a uh, nice building. Your buddy uh, Ron Jeremy used yeah. to live there. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, but uh, but okay. So if you want somebody good. Uh, Nina Simone lived there too. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Were uh, were Nina were Nina and Max friends? Uh, I, not. I mean, nodding acquaintances, maybe. Uh, I think because I mean, I bet she didn't know who he was, but mm-hmm. I bet she also thought, well, I don't. You know, that's a guy I see all the time. <laughs> and you don't forget that you saw that guy. Yeah, yeah. You don't forget you saw Nina Simone either. Right. That's right. So there was somebody who both of them forgot that saw both of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you see the Summer of Soul? Yeah. Yeah. That was a revelation for me. I mean, I always knew of her, but I'd never seen any video of her performing. Mm. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, she was uh, uh, kind of crazy good. Yeah. That's a crazy good uh, movie. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good performances. Oof. That's good, yeah. Yeah. Although not true, you know. Uh, Not true? Yeah, let's add lying sack of shit. I believe. Westlove? Yeah. I believe it says it was never broadcast. Doesn't he say that? I thought that's what. I mean, that's. If he doesn't come out and say it, that's the. That's what I took away from it. It was broadcast. Yeah. But nobody saw it. Yeah. But it was broadcast, which I thought was odd because I thought that the. You know, when you read about the movie, it says it was actually broadcast. And I thought, I think the truth on this is more interesting. But my guess is he wasn't a lying sack of shit. My guess is it was found out after he made the movie and it got the attention that it actually played locally in New York. I see. So so uh, maybe he's not. Maybe it's just you, me, and Matt Donnelly, lying sack of shit. <laughs> Still just three? Okay. <laughs> now, Max Maven, Phil, Phil Goldstein. Uh, Which he hated. To be called that, but didn't he didn't he publish under that? Yeah, he published under that. Uh, but, well, and then he stopped doing that. Then it started being Max Maven. So mm-hmm. early on, it was there were those, those two personalities mm-hmm. or whatever. Phil Goldstein was publications for magicians. Max Maven was his public persona for the late people, and he would always, you know, he knew it was like a clue to him that you didn't really know him if you called him Phil. Well, that's exactly the same with uh, Piff. Right. All these magicians, you know, that own hardware stores, <laughs> come up to Piff and go, John! And I always go, oh, they don't know him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's actually the opposite. Right. Actually, that's true that it's the opposite for most people. Yeah. You know, like when you're with Iggy Pop, someone comes up and calls him Jim. Right. You kind of go, okay, 
you know, they read that's his real name, so that's what he likes to be called. Yeah. It's this weird kind of uh, intimacy yeah. that doesn't exist. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, since, uh, since Max had his diagnosed brain tumor, I've spent more time talking to his sisters, two sisters, mm-hmm. who I'd never met until his diagnosis. And even them, they called him Max after well, a while, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm avoid. I'm, I haven't, I just didn't bring up the best example of that. Teller. Oh. Whose legal name is Teller? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Max is that Max. Eventually, that's his passport name too. Max yeah. Maven. After a while, yeah, has always been Teller. But the thing that's the most surprising is Mister and Missus Teller, his parents, who are both surname Teller. <laughs> right. <laughs> called him Teller. Yeah. And I do not know of another example of that. Yeah, it's, I think Max's dad and mom called him Phil. Until uh, they died. But yeah. to cope, when Teller took his surname, it's his only name, to have his parents change over to that is pretty remarkable. Yeah. You know better than anybody, or, or actually not better than Teller, probably. But uh, <laughs> Probably. Do you know his memory? Yeah. <laughs> but it, did he, uh, was he like encouraging them to do so? I mean, because you when I correct f- them, right? Every time they do it, you go, I'd prefer to be I, called Teller. I remember early when I met when I met uh, Teller, I remember his uh, parents calling him by his dead name. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally. And then it just changed. But I don't think he would be correcting them. Yeah. I think he's the, it was the kind of relationship. Teller, like me, had a fabulous relationship with his parents. I think he might have just said, you can call me Teller, and that would have been it. Yeah. Because it just kind of changed around uh, Broadway. You know, I, I, I guess they just figured if we call him by the other name, there won't be anyone who knows who we're talking about. <laughs> you know, I right. mean, yeah, yeah. it just, nobody calls him that. Nobody. And very, very occasionally some um, interviewer or uh, a person who, uh, who has read Wikipedia will oh, go right. to the first name as a... Um, as an attempt at familiarity. Journalists trying to be hip. It fails. Yeah. And I think maybe it fails all the time. Yeah, you know? for any of that. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah. I, I don't understand why people, I mean, I understand why they do it, but I, I mean, or what they're, what they're hoping to accomplish, but I don't understand why they think that, that would accomplish what they think it would accomplish. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> I, I just uh, I have a friend who played on uh, U2's new record. And uh, Bono refers to his friend as the Edge. You know, they yeah. was they were schoolmates. The Edge yeah. is the name he uses. And when we met Sting and hung out with him, I don't remember anybody saying, "You having fun with Gordon?" Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one, no one brought up Gordon. <laughs> Gordon just didn't 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 happen. And Nina Hartley, the porn person, I always called her Nina, not not Lisa. And Gilbert Gottfried, I called Gilbert Gottfried because that was his fucking name. Ah. <laughs> so it is, I, I have this, um, when I picture, uh, I've never I've never been to Max Maven's home. And when I picture it, I picture it as Teller's home when I first met him in Trenton, New Jersey. Teller's home. And remember, I was homeless for two years. I've been to jail. I've stayed overnight at biker clubhouses. I have slept in state park restrooms. You have to know all that about me. And I've been circus. The filthiest place I've ever been in. Teller's apartment. I picture the clutter and filth of Teller's. I and lots of black and coffins and stuff. I picture that of Teller's. I just superimpose it onto Max Maven. Is it, was it pristine? You would be correct to do so, oh. sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone actually collects rotten broccoli, but it seemed Teller did. Yeah. Uh, well, there was, uh, there were no, there was no 
vegetables in Max's apartment. <laughs> Never had rotten <laughs> or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but they'll be like going through things. It's like, hey, this is a cool letter from Theodore Anneman. This is a cool letter from Al Baker. This is an empty box of peanut M and M's. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, it's yeah, uh, but it's uh, fascinating and great, and you know, and yeah, and his bedroom painted completely black, ceiling, walls, black carpet. It's like walking into space. Like walking into space <laughs> without that robot. Uh, so one of these stories, Max was uh, grew up outside Boston somewhere. Mm. and Need it. I don't know. No, I made that up. Uh, and uh, when he, his first apartment after he moved out from his family, he was robbed. Police came, called the police. The police came and they said, man, they really tore the shit out of this place, huh? And Max, no, they just stole my typewriter. <laughs> so it's unbelievable. He has a he had a typewriter. That he had a typewriter. He didn't. I, I was surprised I didn't find any typewriters except in his storage unit. Uh, one of those early like Casio portable mm -hmm. typewriters where you could see like the last ten letters that yeah. you had typed. It was ten letters behind or whatever, and a little printer. I thought that he would have like some sentimental. I have my typewriter. Yeah, I thought he would do the same. Yeah. I boy, I love my typewriter. I'm not as much as my computers. Yeah, right. Well, but, the Max, I guess, was the same way. Yeah. Oh, Max always lived alone. Is that true? Yeah. No one ever moved in with him. He and Erica Larson shared kind of an apartment for a little while, but not that one. I'm sure she spent many nights in that one when they were an item. Mm -hmm. Max was like. A dad to Libby Larson, mm, yeah. Erica Larson's daughter, and uh, I mean would walk her to school, etc. Yeah. And certainly didn't drive her to school. Didn't drive her to school. <laughs> but I mean that was a you know a sort of a side of him that people didn't mm. know. When was Max working the most? When and where? You know, it's funny when I was working like comedy clubs. You know, in the heyday, uh, you know, brick walls. Brick walls in front, yeah. Funny bone improv around the country, you know, more than a dozen funny bones and probably 10 improvs and crackers. Crackers Comedy Club, where I uh, apparently I met Reddy Rich. He was a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but when I was working those rooms, they would say, Do you know Max Maven? I said, yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Man, unbelievable. He was so good on the radio and he held attendance records for a lot of those rooms because mm -hmm. he was good on the radio doing like weird interactive magic. Mm -hmm. And he was also, you know, so you talk about stuff that he did, all those tricks that you used to see, you know, Copperfield's done them and other, yeah. uh, where you move touch the screen, move him. a finger around. I mean, he was a big pioneer in that sort of interactive -y yep. kind of. We, uh, we, we were working on something and uh, the last time uh, we talked to Max, was giving him a call and saying, we need a force. Yeah. Know? And uh, what do you got? Because we were never close to Max, but um, we certainly uh, respected, and he certainly took our calls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to say this unless you want to say it, and maybe it's not true. Uh, in one of these letters, he's talking about a method that he gave you guys early on for mm -hmm. a trick. Mm-hmm. You're probably talking about the Bible, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't need to say anything yeah. about a method, but I mean, no. he was, I, I, he, is that true? He was instrumental in kind of sort that a little bit? Kind of, sort of ish. Yeah. He and Teller did talk about it. Yeah. But the, the brilliant wrinkle of the Bible test, the, yeah. the, the, the final thing yeah. that no magicians ever figured out was Teller alone. Yeah. Of course, every time you say, was Penn and Teller, you're really saying, was Teller alone. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the exception of the jelly bean trick in our show and a few others. I mean, yeah, no, uh, even... I mean, it's a funny thing to say, but... It's... Even a blind chicken gets a piece of corn once in a ah. Or, as John Lennon sang to Paul McCartney, you must have learned something in all those years. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
I think that's kind of true. I have gotten ideas in magic that are pure magic ideas. Even though they were my idea and Teller didn't get them, Teller got them. It just was with my brain. Ah. You know what I mean? Because if I hadn't spent all that time with Teller, I would have never gotten those ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets credit for everything. Yeah. I mean, when magicians look back on Penn and Teller, they'll just say, Teller. That's not, (laughs) it's funny to say, but it's, yeah, not entirely true. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly symbolically true. (laughs) But I'm now, um, you'll be happy to know, I'm now explicitly saying it on stage. Oh, really? You've probably figured out by now the brains of the outfit is Teller, and when you go on Fool Us, you're just fooling Teller, and I don't really have anything to do with this group. Oh. I actually say it is a setup for a trick. Yeah. But it, didn't I say that first? You might have been. I think on my first Fool Us, I think I said, as you know, if you fool Teller, you fooled Penn and Teller. And I think I ripped you a new asshole. You, yeah. <laughs> Juggler is going to bust your ass, yeah. I believe is how you put it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I believe I did. So you got, yeah, you got torn a new asshole for that. You should get credit for it. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. And then Piff said, when we just did our little, yeah. that came off good, actually. I'm yeah, very it did, happy. Yeah, really, really uh, came off Because when we shot it, I thought, eh, I don't know. That'll be probably be fine. But when I saw it. Uh, the way you guys put it together, I thought, oh, that came off pretty good. We, really didn't, good. we didn't come off as complete idiots. It's a, it's a re- it was a really sweet idea. Yeah, it was really sweet of you guys to do that for us. But I think Piff said, if you fool Mac, you fooled Piff and Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> but was it, was it fun being in that seat? With no, it was really seat? fun being in that seat. I mean, it's an honor, and I'm guessing you don't watch any of those shows no. when they air. You haven't seen the final product at all. Not right? one show. Yeah. So, the trick you guys did to attempt to fool us, one of the sort of, I don't want to call it, I mean, I guess a red herring uh, with Teller's ring. Yeah. Right? So, you had, Teller had this big and incongruous ring, and he was holding it over some cups. And the trick for those of you, I mean, for the eight of you listening who haven't watched that show, right? Because everybody listens to this, watches all of us religiously. Teller's holding his hand over three cups, and we've hidden... Piff and I have hidden an object under one of those fig cups. Fig Newton. A Fig Newton. <laughs> and uh, and Piff coffee cups. Yeah. Uh, so we were trying holding, to be respectful. Uh, no, it was really sweet. And so Teller's holding his hand over these cups, and you're implying, because of this giant ring, yeah. we're suppo- Piff and I are supposed to think, and the audience may be along with us, that that ring has something to do with it, and maybe they're, yeah. 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 And We're so, thinking that the audience will think that you're thinking that, not that you're actually thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So you say, after you did this once, CUI and Teller's ring, Piff, Teller wants you to have that ring as a mm-hmm. gift. And then you did it again without the ring. Yeah. But the best part to me, the, the, the funniest joke in the whole bit was when Teller gave that ring to Piff, Piff says, I'm not going to put that anywhere near my credit card. Yeah. That was that was a great joke. And it didn't make the airing. Oh, it didn't? No, that got cut out. Oh, dear. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest joke in the whole bit. So. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, you, uh, we, uh, we, we said, we should do that again. Oh. And they said, wait a season. But they didn't want to wishful do it thing. two years in a row. Yeah, wishful thinking. <laughs> but, you know, this season, instead of giving us 13, they gave us 20. Yeah. So what you're saying is, if we do that again, we don't have to think of another thing. Right. <laughs> it's a, there's a lot of, you know, I think we've written an awful lot of magic, Penn and Teller. It's humiliating. <laughs> I mean, I've said that before, but it's true. It's like, oh my God, the, I mean, the amount of stuff that you guys have gone through and, and not just doing it on the TV show, but doing it live prior to doing it on the TV show to work it in and get it actually Yeah, we, we are, uh, uh, Teller and I will look back on bits that we did. Uh, we've got about 15 of them that we look back and go, God damn, those are really, really good. And because we had another season of Fool Us coming up and we were working on other things, we didn't do them much. Yeah, those things we just did, fell to the weights. We did them yeah. like 15 times. Yeah. They're really good. So when Fool Us is over, 
that now it's you know the longest running magic show ever on TV. But once it's over, once it's over, we are going to take a nice deep breath and go through the 350 tricks that we have that we like. So you guys, if you're working four nights a week, you could do four different shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just in Vegas, we've written 12 hours of material, I think. And that's not counting. Oh, so each show would be three hours. Yeah, we do three hours. <laughs> what the crew has often said is the crew has often said, we want to do shows. We just bring you a property, do the bit. <laughs> yeah. Just, we just drag it out of the warehouse. Oh, any of those uh, 150 tricks or whatever. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, we never did this. <laughs> <laughs> we, you, a cantaloupe and a spatula? What was that? <laughs> was there such a thing? No. You made it, okay. <laughs> it's good. But now yeah. that I've said it, yeah. it'll be in next well, season's yeah, yeah. Was. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we have... Uh, a watermelon and, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, jack off. I don't hear <laughs> Surgical, um, what's it called? Uh, laparoscopic cameras. Oh. You know, that's all in the, in yeah, the right. warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot like a uh, buckaroo bonsai. What's the watermelon doing there? You know? <laughs> so yeah. You, so you enjoyed sitting in the seat and having, you know, I, I did. I mean, it was really, I mean, it's an honor to be there, and, but it's also, you know, it's like, huh. Who would have thunk? Was it, was there a little bit of uh, tension before you started? Hundred percent. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I have to say, I think we talked about this. So we had a little intel because Piff noticed that Nathan Santucci ordered some coffee mugs. I told him <laughs> specifically, do not buy this where they're traceable. He sells them at his show. Send someone he doesn't know, like your wife, to go after the show. She doesn't need to go to the show. I don't want to get Nate fired. And just (laughs) buy three cups. And he thought, oh, wouldn't it be easier to just click online? (laughs) But, of course, no one would think that Piff actually looks at his own merchandise and what he's selling. Right. So that's that, that's a real good excuse. And it's, you also notice there are more Fig Newtons sold in Vegas. Yeah, no, that's right. No, yeah, no, Luke, the guy who goes for me to buy Fig Newtons, like, where are they? every store's out of Fig Newtons. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> now, you never were able to make a deal with the Fig Newton people, right? Uh, no. Did you ever try? You tried. So, yeah. So it, it, I haven't tried since I've been in Las Vegas, So that's because I'm lazy. Uh, so and maybe there would be a way. Do you know the story about Lexington Comedy Club? No. Where the oh, so I'm at this club in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, the ad in the newspaper. Remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> so the ad in the newspaper: Mac King is back, Fig Newtons and all. Uh-huh. And there's a Nabisco factory, uh-huh. or some sort of something, big Nabisco offices or whatever in Lexington. You know what Nabisco stands for? Oh no, I don't. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, National Biscuit Company. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from Newton, Massachusetts. Yeah, that's where the Fig Newton. Yeah, originated. Yeah, you want to talk cranberries sometime? We can do that too. Go ahead. All right. This ad comes out, and the club owner calls me and said, "Have you ever gotten this before?" I just got a call from somebody at Nabisco. What's this about? We're fig bringing Newtons? you all the free fake Newtons you want. That's not what they said. No, <laughs> it's not a generic term. No, right? And so they're, I guess, protective of that brand. The uh, the generic term is uh, overprocessed sugar and fat. Correct. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no fruit whatsoever. Yeah. No fruit to speak of. <laughs> fig and cake. <laughs> yeah, no fruit to speak of in a processed ball of fat. That's right. That's one of the reasons it's delicious. Yeah. So. You got to cease and desist. No. The club owner, to his credit, said, uh, hey, you know, we think you'd think what he's doing is funny. Oh. And uh, how many tickets would you like for which show? You can come the first night of the week and see. And so. He tells me that there's going to be like six Nabisco people <laughs> at the Wednesday night show. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man. 
one Nabisco person and five attorneys. Probably, <laughs> probably correct. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself. And the Nabisco people are thinking, deep pockets. Right. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Lexington There's, Comedy yeah, Club, yeah, Matt yeah. King. I, Matt King is headlining at the Comedy on Broadway. Mm. <laughs> Finally, Nabisco is going to be in the black. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, as uh, probably anyone would, hmm, do I pull a Fig Newton out of my fly tonight, or do I skip that part? <laughs> uh, do I it, just leave the Fig Newton sitting on my dick? Uh, <laughs> right. So, because, I mean, they're spread out throughout the show. There's like four or five Fig Newtons. That's more we say about the themes of Mac. That's King's right. So, so, Fig Newton is one of the themes, Fig like Shakespeare. Newton. Yeah, right, exactly. That's right. You know, the darkness in the trees. Yeah. Fig Newton. Yeah, the midsummer night cookie. <laughs> well, that's what bothers me about the Fig Newton. Well, I'm going to get on with this is story. It, is it a cookie? Yeah, you don't know what to call it. Yeah. There isn't a generic term for the Fig Newton. No. It's a, it's a category unto itself. Yeah. So, I think a, a to cookie. myself, I should do everything. Right, they should see it all and yeah. either send me a letter or not. That's that's your integrity, Matt King. Yeah, well, the only area you have integrity. <laughs> that's right, my only area of integrity. So before the show starts, I go over and introduce myself and say hello to these guys. Guess what I got in my pants? <laughs> <laughs> they know. <laughs> so I do the show. I don't remember, but I don't remember it being a terrible show. As soon as the show's over. I go over to say hello. They're all gone. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. You mean the entire audience? Well, the entire audience plus, <laughs> including the uh, Nabisco guy and his five attorney friends. So I don't know what to think. I'm, I'm scared yeah. a little bit. Like, you know, are they going to, how can they tell me not to? I, they can't tell me not to use them, right? They can only tell me not to say Fig Newton. Can they even do that? I don't think they can actually do that. But anyway, all these things are going through my head. And then the next day, 720 individually wrapped Fig Newtons are delivered to the club. That is the sweetest story I've ever heard. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Isn't that sweet? Seven. You counted them? Well, I mean, I know how many were in it. There were six cases of whatever, right, of 60. But packages. that relationship didn't continue? Well, that's what I thought was going to happen. Because in the comedy club, the format is, so the headliners do But like, you don't want them individually wrapped. That's uh, more of a pain in the ass for you. No, it was, well, here's what we did. It wasn't, <laughs> you know, they, they, they sell them like, uh, it's like the size of two Fig Newtons fused together. Yeah. Stacked on top of each right. other. So it's two of those bars yeah. in a little foil wrapper. And so that's what was delivered, 720 packages like that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what we did, the way the comedy club business worked, at least then, is I was going to do 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And at 30 minutes, they would drop the checks and the waitresses would come by oh, that's and great. collect every money because they wanted people to pay before the end of the show or people, some people might try to skip out on their check. At, yeah, or but, complain. Or complain. So, <laughs> I, or uh, both. So every every table got a couple of packages. When the checks dropped, every table, uh, the Fig Newtons had already been in the show and shown up. And so every table got a little couple of little packages. There is no Newton. doubt, Matt King, with no joke whatsoever, at the end of your show, I want a Fig Newton. <laughs> every time I see it, I go, oh, they look so good. Yeah. So... So that was so great. Yeah, right? fabulous. So I contact them, and after that week, because we did that for the rest of the week, right? Mm -hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or whatever. So I contact them and say, hey, I, this was, people loved this. I loved it. I'd love to do this every week. I can send you my schedule, and you just drop ship, you know, however, you know, 720 packages of Fig Newtons to the Funny Bone in St. Louis or mm -hmm. whatever. They didn't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's like somebody's job then. Yeah. Right. So they said, Hey, we'll send you to your house 20 cases. And then you let us know when you need 20 more cases. Huh? But I then I'd have, then I had to get six cases every week to somewhere, yeah. which I didn't have the wherewithal to do it. But time. why didn't you just say, 
Okay, I'll do that. Send me 10,000 Fig Newtons. Then you'd have them. Then I would have had them. And you know, there's no food item in that, so it would keep forever. No, they do keep for a long time. <laughs> and I, I, actually, I actually sit them out. I open the package a week in advance. The You're ones I use in the really secrets. Very, a lot of really deep, 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 deep secrets here. I open the pack and let those Fig Newtons get hard. So that, because they're in my pockets loose. they're going to get in your pants. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you want something hard in your pants. That's right. I used to do this bit. I don't do it anymore. It's, too, it's even too much of a dick joke for me. <laughs> I used to, I had a big one made that was a big Fig Newton uh -huh. that was like, I don't know, just big enough to palm in my hand. Just small enough, I guess, concealed in my palm. About the size of a deck of playing cards. Yes. Yeah. And so after I pull a Fig Newton out of my pants... I'd say, oh, you're expecting something more impressive? Well, I have something more impressive. <laughs> and then I'd unzip and pull out that big Fig Newton. But it never went as big a laugh as I thought it should. <laughs> I got a big Fig Newton in my pants. Yeah. It's a good joke. Yeah. Um, have it, but why don't the Fig Newton people just give the Excalibur a zillion? Well, we should, I, I, you know, I should get somebody to work on that. I'm lazy, Pen. You know me. I'm lazy. <laughs> that would be great. Fig Newtons on every table. Yeah, it would. You could run for president on that. Well, the other thing is, uh, when I started, when I the first number of years at Harris, when I was in the improv showroom, we had servers there, mm -hmm. and so we could have done it there. We don't have. I mean, right now it's like a walk-up bar, same as you guys have, right? So, yeah. so there's not servers to drop Fig Newtons at every. You don't want them at the table before you do the That's show. right. Yeah. yeah. Tips it. I, I have done that. When I was at the Maxim before Harris, yeah. and we were inviting Bill Volkner, my producer and I were inviting people to the Maxim to see the show, hoping to sell it to a different casino. <laughs> we had little table tents. I made like a little individual table tents with you know, a bunch of shit about me and my show and how it would be great in their casino but also personalized to the people that were coming from various casinos to see me. And one of those little packages of Fig Newtons at each oh, spot nice. on the table before the show. So now they're eating these, look, this is a weird snack to give somebody. And then bang, there's a, they're eating something that, oh shit, that just came out of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, there is something to be said for having them sitting there beforehand. Too. Yeah. 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 I guess so. I guess you don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's a weird thing, but nice, because a Fig Newton is always a pleasant surprise. Yeah. And by the way, Nabisco, if you're listening, a Fig Newton is always a pleasant surprise. It's a great slogan for you. <laughs> Fig Newton is always a pleasant... Yeah. Well, that's how. That's one of the reasons when I first moved into a dorm my freshman year of college, in the lounge on my floor, I went in there with a pack of Fig Newtons knowing that that was going to be, I mean, they weren't in my show yet at that mm -hmm. point. They were just a snack cookie that I liked, but also somehow in there you go, Hey, this is, this is a conversation starter. This idiot sitting on the couch in the lounge with a package of Fig Newtons offering them to people. The pussy train is going to pull up. Pussy. <laughs> right. That's what, <laughs> that's what you were thinking. That's, yeah. That's yeah, another. My roommate said, leave some pussy for the rest of us. <laughs> That's another good slogan. <laughs> we, we're probably going to quit our magic careers and go directly to big ad department for Nabisco, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> that was Pet Sunday School. That was Cha-cha-cha. You become naked. You know, you become naked is a Beatles quote. Did you know that? Nope. Uh, no one would know what song that's in, but it is a uh, it is in a Beatles song. Are you not going to say which? I'll give you a hint. Written by John Lennon. Oh, thanks. Okay, good. You know we love you. Hey, Matt Donnelly, you lying sack of shit. Anybody to thank? Yes, thank you to all the people who support us over here at patreon.com slash pen 
Fine people like Manuel Vidal Perez de la Mesa V, Laura Champagne, come back to Texas again. Wedge driver, Daniel, a couple weeks old, but I know, I wonder if the Pornhub magician is Chris Angel. (laughs) (laughs) He has a question. He has a question. Rando Admiral, Fly Guy, David K, Sean Brevik, Matt, how is your Superman, the others? Hey, clear your cookies, baby. Superman, the others. Brandon Knapp, Big Damn Clay, Nick Dingman, Colin Durham, the Big Scoop of Podcast.com, Christine and Bobby Mack, Christina Keller, Central Park Owl, Lancey Menchu, Mark Mamborquet. I bought a month of Patreon to say how much I liked random, and also I bought dice, and now I am sucking more dick than ever before. <laughs> Stephen White, Harlan Liam Clark, Michelle Eiser, Jonathan, Brogan Hastings, Placida Scott, Dante Peace, and Damian Martin. Thank you so much. And thank you. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.